Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Grains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. Got a great show for you today. I mean, we're, we're looking good here. We're, we're feeling good. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about appreciation today because one of the things that this particular season of the year involves is being thankful and being, gra- being grateful for what we have. And that is so important. You know, the, the health implications of just carrying yourself with a, an attitude of gratitude, a, a, a just looking around and having appreciation for what we have is so very vital. I just heard a story on the way in. I was listening to a, a YouTube video by um, one of my favorite people in the world, Jordan Peterson. And he is, uh, if you haven't ever heard him speak, and, and if you know anything about YouTube, get on YouTube and, uh, and uh, search for Jordan Peterson and listen to some of his stuff. It's some of the most encouraging things you can get. And one of the things that, that really is important about being encouraged is you want to be encouraged realistically, right? You want to, if you're going to receive encouragement from somebody, you don't want it to be the person who is just like, oh yeah, you know, everything is great, isn't it? It's always great. It's something, you know, it's never, never, never bad or anything. It's always great. No, you don't want encouragement from somebody like that. You want encouragement from somebody that says, yeah, life can be tragic. And yet we are the kinds of people that can improve things. We can reduce the suffering in the world through our activity. We can reduce the suffering in ourselves by actually being more alert, more aware of our environment, and more uh, even questioning about what people are recommending to us. We can actually be more aware. Well, anyway, <clears throat> Jordan Peterson, who is a incredibly realistic person in those respects, said that one of the most amazing things that he had an opportunity to do was he... Uh, um, had an encounter with a person from outside of the Western world. As a matter of fact, they were from one of the African states, <clears throat> and they came to Denmark. And um, Denmark is, you know, a, a Western country that is very, you know, we're very well organized. Uh, the people there are very responsible. Um, and she said the two things that amazed her most about being in a Western European, and I think this applies to the United States also to some extent, Uh, Western state is that when she went to the bus stop, the buses actually arrived on time. In fact, in Denmark, they have a a backward counter there. It counts down the amount of minutes until the bus arrives and then the amount of seconds. And then when it reaches zero, you look up and there's the bus. And she was absolutely amazed with this. And, you know, you look at it, and it is amazing. I mean, here you are. You're listening to the radio right now. What does that mean? That means the electricity is on. It's absolutely incredible. How much do we have to appreciate? In fact, we're so, you know, we get the electric bill, and what do we do? Bills, bills, bills. We start complaining and belly aching and all that stuff. And, you know, as if it's not our responsibility to pay for the services that we receive and to exchange our work for the work of others. You know, there are people out there with disabilities making sure 
that our electricity is on. They're climbing poles in the middle of winter. They're, they're uh, splicing wires with freezing fingers. They're, they're out there in the heat. They're, they're, you know, the sun is beating down on their neck and it's already sunburned. And it just, you know, they realize, oh my gosh, this is going to be painful later. And they're still out there doing their work. They're doing their job. And yet we complain about the bill when it arrives. You see, when you switch that around and you instead say, you know, I am so grateful to these people. I mean, think of it. I am so happy to be paying this bill right now because, my gosh, it the electrical grid in this country is incredibly reliable compared to what it could be. And this person from a different culture, from a different country, you know, comes in and that's the kind of thing that she's absolutely just blown away by. And that is appreciation. And we are so spoiled in this country that we, you know, complain instead of appreciate but, you know, when you could look, look at it, appreciation is a healthy thing. It, it floods your entire system with healthy hormones, with healthy, affirm, life-affirming uh, chemistry. And it is just plain good for you. So take time. I mean, if it's right now even, just take some time, a few seconds to kind of pause, meditate a little bit on how good you have it in your life. And I can tell you, I don't care. You can have it really bad and it's still really good. We have to realize that the way our system runs, it's just absolutely incredible what happens when you're in bad shape. I mean, what? You can be laying in the hospital right now, but you know, you have people taking care of you. You have uh, expert medical help. You have um, ways of reducing suffering, reducing pain even for a temporary period. I wouldn't recommend you get on some of those things and stay on them very long. Get off them as soon as possible. But when you're just going out of your mind with pain, you've got people there whose dedication is to help you. And I believe me, you can be in there. And if you don't have an attitude where you are grateful for all the people that are around you, and there are some rats there too. There are some people that really don't seem to care, et cetera. But when, when you're in pain, it doesn't seem like anybody really cares enough. But it's still the case that the, the ability, the services that are rendered to you in the medical community are absolutely awesome at the point you need them. They sometimes, as we say in the show here all very often, the opioid crisis is something that is an absolute disaster. And it's something that the medical community ought to have been aware of. And even as it was emerging and blossoming, they ought to have been aware of it. I mean, everybody knows how addictive opioids are. <clears throat> and anybody who said they're not, they should have, <clears throat> excuse me, should have known that it was just a bald-faced lie. They should have known that. And they, many of them did. Many of them did. And they knew it. And they pushed the sale of the opioids anyway. But in spite of the corruption and this goes for the government, too, in spite of the corruption that is there. And the corruption is something that we need to deal with on a systematic and law-like basis. We've got to get the people who are corrupt out of office, out of our health care system, et cetera. But in spite of that, what is our health care system like? What is our government like? We still have the best situation in the world. And human beings, let's face it, I mean, look at yourself if you want to, uh, want to know about corruption. We are all capable of that. So it's not as though we have to just go around self-righteous about it. I certainly don't. It's not as though we haven't ever lied or ever, you know, done something that is 
to our advantage because it's to our advantage. There's not, you know, don't pretend about that stuff. But most people in the United States have the leisure to be good people, and they're always struggling to be better people. And they're always struggling to reduce the amount of suffering in the world for themselves and for their neighbors. This is something that, that we pride ourselves in. And when it looks like we're not doing that either as individuals or as a government, we get upset with it, and we should be upset with it. Because most of the time, at the root of the whole thing is corruption. We need to be on top of that and make sure that we do it. On the other hand, when we look at our situation and how well our government works as opposed to other governments, let me go back to that little story about uh, the uh, lady from North Africa that came up to Denmark in this case. And um, she was amazed that the buses actually arrived on time. Well, the other thing that she said she was amazed at is that when you had a trouble had your trouble and you went up to a policeman they actually helped you in her country when you went to a policeman policemen were have a different role they're there to shake you down and make sure that that um you you know are working to the benefit of them and whoever what other corrupt official is behind them and she said that in Denmark, you go to a policeman and they are actually there to help you. They, they do things for you. And what do we have in this country? Is there police corruption? Absolutely, there's police corruption. Most of it has to do with the drug laws that we have, the, the draconian drug laws that, that may even make marijuana illegal. And you can go to jail for 10 years, you know, for a marijuana offense. I mean, some of these laws are ridiculous and there's lots of corruption out there. On the other hand, what happens when there's a disaster? The first responders are right there. They're, they're there digging people out of problems. They're, they're you know, um, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, et cetera. They're there, and they put themselves into danger's way. They are, they are uh, they're working for us. They're like loyal, well, Plato says that the, the police and the military needs to be like loyal dogs. They're loyal to the point where they put themselves into, de- into a harm's way and they are just completely fierce when it comes to making sure that their owners are protected. Um, and that's what happens with our police. They are wonderful, caring, loving people who are there and leave their family and their home to go out and put themselves into dangerous situations for us. And we need to show a great deal of appreciation for that. Do they make mistakes? Absolutely, they make mistakes. Do you make mistakes? Of course you make mistakes, right? But we, we are there to, you know, you are there on your job, hopefully, to make sure that the people you serve in your job have a better time and an easier time and have less stress and less suffering. And that's why our police, for the most part, you know, high percentage, uh, I would say, I don't know what the percentage is. I'm not going to even give it. But our, our policemen are there for us. Our soldiers are there for us, et cetera. And, and we've got to really feel appreciation for that. We've got to f- live in a state of gratitude, even though there are things that go wrong, even though there are things that are tragic in our lives. And, oh, my God, there certainly are. We hear about them in the office all the time where people lose children and they lose, oh, my gosh, what things that you could say, what could possibly be worse? And yet, well, there is usually worse. And number two, they're usually surrounded by people who are supportive and who, who want to help them. 
And that is, even in the midst of tragedy, there must be gratitude because that's just the way life is. Life is suffering to a large extent. And we human beings are blessed with the ability to transcend that suffering over time, transcend that suffering and helping in the act of helping others reduce their suffering. We are capable of doing that. I heard one story about uh, some people, um, and I, I like these stories, by the way, because a few years ago, we had our electricity knocked out for almost a week. And, you know, we were, uh, it, was, it was cold, very cold. Uh, and we were in the house trying to, you know, keep the, the freezer going and all that stuff. We should have just taken the stuff outside. But uh, we were trying to make sure that we were all safe and warm enough to, to live, although it was uncomfortable. And, um, but I heard this one story. It, it was so funny. Um, about two guys. One of them had Parkinson's and the other person was, uh, had some uh, mental disabilities and they were on an electrical team that was, uh, they were sent out together because they had complementary disabilities. Okay, and they were, you know, uh, basically incapable of doing the job on their own, but they were sent out in these horrible conditions in order to make sure that other people in their homes were taken care of and so that they had what they needed, you know, to run the furnace, to run the water heater, to, to have the lights, etc. And they were sent out over and over again, and they went out with these complementary disabilities. I mean, they were obviously victims of things, right? But they didn't see themselves as victims. They did not see themselves as somehow oppressed by nature or oppressed by society. They just had a job to do, and they took pride in getting out there and doing it. And the, the, the weather, is, you know, of course, was totally uncooperative at the moments when they most were needed, and they went out there and did their job anyway. And my gosh, just look around you right now. The lights are on. You're hearing the radio. You've got entertainment centers. You've got cell phones. You've got all of this stuff around you. You've got, hopefully, you have a loving family around you. Not always the case, of course. You've always, always got those people who are, uh, you know, um, sucking you dry, so to speak, you know, because of their victimhood and the way they just can't get it together. But most of us have loving families, and, we, and yet we don't appreciate them as we should in many cases. We need to just sit back and let the feelings of appreciation just surround us. When we, a bill comes in, my gosh, one of the things I learned uh, even when I was back in graduate school, because one of the things about me, uh, many of you, uh, most of you don't know me, but one of the things about me is I function best, I function adequately at least, when I'm feeling good about what I'm doing. When I'm interested in what I'm doing, I learn like crazy. I mean, but when I'm not interested, I don't learn so fast. In fact, I can actually resist learning. Most people, I think, are that way. Some people are so darn brilliant, it doesn't even matter. They learn anyway, right? But for me, not that way at all. I have to have a positive and welcoming attitude in order to bring information in at high rates of speed. So what I learned very early, and this I use this all the way through Palmer also, was I could change my attitude by putting myself in a stance or putting myself forward and, and 
um, thinking of myself as somebody who's interested in this particular subject or who is blessed in this particular way and whose attitude can be uplifted in this particular way to put myself into a stance where even though I hadn't been interested even 10 minutes before, I can change all of that in myself. I can release these different hormones and put myself into a stance where there I am. I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. I'm remembering it. I'm using it, etc. And so I, I am one who doesn't think that if you like something, you like something. If you don't like it, you don't like it, and you know, you, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not a person that even believes that at all because I don't do well if I believe that. By the way, once I did believe that. You know, when I was young, I was a victim, and I was, you know, um, it would be something where I would always be at the behest of some horrible feeling of victimhood and oppression and all this stuff, and I was crippled by it, basically crippled. Because if I wasn't interested in math, I would not even do a, an arithmetic problem. It would just be there. Somebody else better do it because I sure wasn't doing it. And I realized after a while, when as I matured, that even though I was not good at arithmetic and math, Math is one of the most amazing things that ever occurred in the history of mankind. I mean, you don't see dogs and animals and things like this doing math. You don't see, you see intelligent human beings doing math and look around you at all the things. I mean, the people that built your house, what were, what were they all about? They were doing math all the time. What about the pilots that fly you around doing math all the time? You know, all the people that are most highly successful have been doing arithmetic and math by, you know, pyramids of Egypt. Let's go back a little bit. These, the Pythagoreans, etc. All of these people are just the, the heroes of human, humankind. And here I am. I don't like math. Well, I changed my tune. I, once I realized that I was not liking math because I was afraid of math because I wasn't that great at it, then I started actually saying, I love math. I may not be good at it, but I love it. And with that change, with the change of resistance to a change to appreciation, which is something that we can all do to some extent. Sometimes it takes a lot of time because we have all these built-up habits of you know, resistance and resentment and et cetera. But you, when you start changing that and you start bringing it into focus where what you fear and therefore hate is something that you can at least appreciate and love even though you're not good at it and you still may fear it, but it's still magnificent then you can start saying, well, wow, I, I learned a little bit more. I learned a little, little bit more. And all of a sudden it starts building up and you start becoming somebody who can actually open up to something that you feared. And now you no longer fear it and you start picking up on it. And as a result of that, by the way, for myself, I went through all of the uh, you know, uh, math courses I needed to do chemistry and physics and all of that stuff. Here's a person who went as a math cripple and learned Picked it up, picked it up because I was no longer afraid of it. And eventually I went through all the courses I needed. I enrolled in Palmer and here I am a doctor of chiropractic. And, um, you know, it did not hold me back. Why? Because I replaced fear and resentment and, and um, the negative feelings of, of the fear, namely I hate or I don't like this. And I replaced those with the feelings of appreciation for admiration, love, and I 
it changed my life. It changed my entire orientation to many different subjects throughout my life that I realized are valuable in spite of the fact that I don't know much about them or that I even fear them. And this is something that you can start changing. And I realized very early on that the only way I was going to change that was to sh start showing appreciation to things like my bills. When the phone bill comes, I said, wow, this is absolutely incredible. When I write this check, I am writing a check of appreciation. And in the little note thing down there, I would say, thank you for making this phone available to me. I would write it on the electric bill. I would write it on the plumbing bill, the water bill, et cetera. And I started you know, gushing with appreciation <laughs> out into the world. And it changed my life. Now, do I have times when I'm sour and I start to complain about things? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not totally consistent. But you don't need to be totally consistent. You just need to be going in a particular direction. You need to change your direction from resentment and, uh, and you need to turn around and start going in a different direction, shoot toward a different goal. And when you do that, things start coming together. And as you learn those skills, number one, you're going to be a lot happier. The people around you are going to be a lot happier, except the, the really sour ones who really value, you know, the um, uh, oppressed role and the all this stuff. Those people, you know, they're going to be hard to deal with. And they're going to resent you, too, after a while, because you're going to become more successful. You're going to become happier. And you're going to become the kind of person that um, they hate. <laughs> Why? Boy, it burns me up. This person goes around being happy, and I, I just don't understand it, and it just, you know, it just disgusts me, right? There's going to be those kind of people, but you don't want to be those around those kind of people anyway, right? Those people, you know, well, let me tell you who you, people you want to be around. You want to be around people who are happy when you succeed and that can listen attentively and try to help you or at least listen to you, at the very least, when you're having problems. And they don't, they're not happy when you have problems. Uh, there's a, a uh, saying in German, it's a word, a schadenfreude. That means joy at the um, instance of failure, or at the instance of suffering. And there are people like this. You don't want to hang around with people who find joy or kind of they have this little smile when you're telling them a really sad story about your life. Don't hang around those people. <laughs> They're not good for you, right? Hang around people who, when you're having real big problems, you, you can see on their face that they're with you. They're, oh my gosh, yeah, we could, something's got to be done about this. Uh, is there any way I can help? And when you're having success, when you say, yes, I did this. I'm, I'm on my way to, to a better life. They say, oh, that is so excellent. That is great. That is awesome. And they're right there with you, and they're, 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 you know, they're mentoring you. They're saying, yeah, and you could also do this if you wanted to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're around those kinds of people, you have a tendency, the suffering of your life is actually reduced, right? You don't have to worry. Well, if I, get some, if I do something really good, all I'm going to get is a bunch of crap for it. I'm, if I do that, everybody I know is going to get on my case. Everybody I know is going to, you know, the the frog that climbs up the side of the bucket and the whole bucket's full of frogs. And what happens? Another frog grabs the leg and pulls him back down again. 
They're just crawling all over each other. Pulls them back down again. They crawl up, pulls them back down again. This is not the kind of person or group of people you want to be around. Be around people who are happy when you succeed and can empathize and kind of help you get through the hard times. Those are the kinds of people you want to be around. And it's hard, by the way, to change one's <clears throat> support group or non-support group. It's hard to change that. But it's something that, again, you've got to be on your way to doing it. You've got to be on your way. Namely, you still have to start someplace. When it came to appreciation, I started with my bills. And I started appreciating the people that were out there working for me to give me a good life. And that was the first thing. Um, by the way, if you've got parents that were like the people we described in terms of encouraging and empathizing, um, if you got appreciate those people, my gosh, they are just as valuable as gold. They are, they are absolutely magnificent. I was fortunate that most of the time, all the time, I had an encouraging mother. Um, and my father was, was good, real good, as long as I was working like crazy. He was really great, and he was great to work with. And that uh, I just totally appreciate the encouragement I received from my parents. Uh, but if you didn't have that, and you have to work from spite, in other words, I'm going to get successful in spite of the people that I've been around, hey, that's great too, <laughs> because spite can be a great motivator. And from now on, you can actually find people who you work well with and who can encourage you. So don't give up. Get out there and appreciate the world. It's a wonderful place to live, and you can transcend your suffering. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events, and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.